wound. Well, um, we uh, we are really privileged tonight to have a, a Richie Seltzer, and uh, Richie is uh, the uh, a pastor from Calgary, uh, Imagine Church in uh, Calgary, Alberta. He uh, planted it with his wife, and uh, just I I connected with him about a couple of years ago. I was down, and we had just met briefly, and just loved the spirit. And then uh, a few months ago, we skyped and just had a real chance to connect and hear his heart. And then as I was praying about, hey, God, who, who do you want us? I just felt I need to ask Richie. And uh, I, I text messaged him and got a response really quick. It was like, yeah, I'm in. I just feel it's the Lord. And uh, he is a special guest speaker actually in Calgary this weekend uh, from Bethel Church. And so he's got, he's hosting, but he felt that God just had a word that he needed to come down and share tonight. And so I just really believe it's the Lord and uh God is here, and um, why don't you give him a warm welcome, Richie Seltzer. Yeah, wow. Yeah, just stay up here real quick. Come on. Right, just, just put your hands out and receive. Who, who, who just wants to just bless Travis right now? Just a few of you? I say that again. Who wants to bless Travis right now? Wow. Yeah, I just, I just really feel like just to honor you, Travis, and what you're doing here in the city of Edmonton, in Alberta, and in Canada. I honor you for the sacrifice that you've made. I just feel like God like, wants, wants to remind you that, that he's proud of you for the sacrifices that you're making. So just stretch your hands out to him <laughs> and begin. Everybody just begin to laugh right over him. <laughs> if it's awkward for you to laugh, just go he he he, ho ho ho, ha ha ha. <laughs> God, and just begin to pray your best prayer for Travis. Pray in this way. Pray pray in the way that like you know without a shadow of a doubt, whatever you pray, absolutely one hundred percent will happen. Pray that way. Whatever you're going to pray right now. So pray that way. <laughs> pray your best prayer for him. God, thank you. <laughs> you guys, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I encourage you to speak it out. Speak out loud. Just speak life over him. Declare over him. Declare what God's saying. Yeah, you're a revivalist. I declare that you are a catalyst. For a move of God in a nation. Can a, can a city be saved in a, in, a, in a day? How about a nation? Can a nation be saved in a day? You're not just called to take cities, Travis. You're called to take nations. <laughs> wow. Thank you, God. Wow. For who you've created Travis to be. The purity of heart. The type of power that you can trust him with. The type of wisdom and revelation that you can trust him with. Wow. We just bless you, Travis. We bless you. I bless you. I bless your family. I bless your life. I bless your soul. That you would be blessed in your soul. That you would be blessed in every area of your life. I bless you. You're so special. There's nobody else on the planet like you. You're so special, Travis. 
See how the father is just simply saying, I love you. I love you, son. I love you, son. You can do anything because I love you. You can do anything because I love you. That statement empowers you, son. That's why I hear a father saying to you, you can do anything. You can dream as big as you want to. You're going to teach people to dream, Travis. See, that's what makes great leaders. They can see, they can dream, and they can bring other people into the dream. That's just true. That's you. That's true, and that's you. Wow. You guys relate to Travis in that way. I love to hear other people's prophetic words. Lean into their prophetic words because I believe like if you lean into them and you relate to each other based on the prophetic word that God gives and you'll begin to receive the grace of that person. I believe God showed me that we go from glory to glory by honor. Meaning that we, as, it, as I perceive Christ and Travis and honor Christ and Travis, I begin to receive him in the fullness of who he's called to be. And then I get built up, and then he does the same to me, and he gets built up. And we do the same to every person that we come in contact with, not only leaders, but can you, can you see the glory in the man who just got saved? Can you see the glory in the man who hasn't even been saved? Can you see the glory in the drug, drug addict? Can you see the person that Christ died for? And can you honor that person? Because if you can, then you'll receive the glory of that person. That person's a gift to the world. He's God's idea. She's God's idea. Because if you can do that, it's, it's, evangelism's not something that's just flipped on and off. It's like the light's always on. I'm just looking for, for Christ in you. I'm looking for Christ in every person that I can see. And I'm going to treat you accordingly. And I'm going to pull Christ out of you. See, people don't repent. People don't repent because, because they realize they're a deep, dirty sinner. They actually repent. They return to the penthouse, the greatness, the penthouse, the best hotel room in, in the whole hotel. It's the penthouse. They return to the highest and best, return to the penthouse because they realize that's who I am. I'm living down here. That's who I am. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter. I'm loved. Why am I living down here in the gutter? Why am I living below the standard that God's created me to live? See, evangelism is really easy. It's just perceiving the gift that that person is and treating them accordingly. See, you love what you realize is greatness. It's easy to love people when you realize how great they are. It's easy to honor people when you realize how great they are and absolutely reject the accusations of the accuser. That person is no good. That's the antichrist spirit. Accusation is the antichrist spirit. Just capture the thoughts of negativity towards people. And your, your evangelism light will always be on. It's just easy. It becomes easy. It doesn't mean, it, 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 it's not like, oh, I gotta just stir up my faith and overcome my fear to share Christ. No, it's just easy. Let me, hey, let me tell you what I see in you. You're great. What is it about you? Every time I get around you, I'm just encouraged. Well, let me tell you, it's Christ. What you feel, that joy, that hope that you feel when you're around me, that's Christ. Because I wasn't always like that. See how easy evangelism is? It's just shining your light. Just shine your light. 
<laughs> Thank you, Travis. Wow. Wow, it's really, really, I feel like, you know, I was just going to pray for Travis, and here I am preaching, like, it's, I mean, when you got hungry people, it's just, if you can't preach in a place like this, you can't preach anywhere. I just feel you guys just pulling on my anointing, pulling on Christ in me, because he is the anointed one. He's the one in me. He's the one who gets all the glory. And you guys are just hungry. See, the hungry are the humble. The Lord, one time I was learning to hear the voice of God. We're going to move in healing in a minute. One time I was learning to hear the voice of God and I was in YOM. I, I wasn't sure if I could hear his voice, but it's true. His sheep hear his voice. You can hear the voice of God. That's just true. Prophecy is not this really spooky thing. It's simply just me tapping into the relationship that I have with God and hearing his voice. What kind of relationship? If you don't have communication in a relationship, you don't have a relationship. You can hear his voice. You were born for relationship with God. Anyway, I was learning to hear the voice of God. wasn't really sure if I could hear his voice. And I'm I waking up at like 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning just to listen. And I'm like, God, could you just speak to me this morning? And I'm listening and I'm kind of falling asleep and I wake up and... I'm like, oh God, I just want you, forgive me, I just want you to speak to me. I was like striving and all this kind of stuff. And and I just heard this phrase go through my, my mind, the early bird gets the worm. And I'm like, oh, that's just me, God. Like, why can't I hear your voice making stuff up? Like, I hear this phrase again, just goes through my mind, the early bird gets the worm. And I'm like, oh, that's just me, God. Would you just please speak to me? I'm looking for this really great grand like encounter or something like that. And I'm like, can you just speak to me? And boom, he speaks again. The early bird gets the worm. And then all of a sudden, this verse pops into my mind in Proverbs. It says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to seek it out. See, God speaks in a mystery because he wants the humble to be the powerful. And see, it's the humble that seek out the mysteries of God. And see, that the, the thing is, as soon as I realized that, all of a sudden I realized the riddle. The early bird gets the worm. How many people know the earliest bird in the morning to wake up is the hungriest bird? Really simple. The earliest bird to wake up in the morning is the hungriest bird. And the Lord said to me, he says, Richie, in the kingdom, the hungriest eat first. The hungriest eat first because the hungry are the humble. How many people know if you were going through a desert and you were out there for like 40 days, you had nothing to eat. When you come into town and somebody places food before you, you're not picky. You're humble. You're humbled because you're hungry. And I just sense this, this hunger and see, that's encouraging to me because God, God always pours out fire on the hungry. He always pours out his spirit. He says, if you seek me, you'll find me. He's attracted to the hungry ones. He likes to exalt the hungry ones because the hungry ones are the humble ones. So I'm, I'm really encouraged. Yeah, I, I got an unusual amount. Like typically God will give me Words of knowledge about people getting healed. Simply because my mandate is to preach the kingdom of God. And never in the Bible did I see the kingdom of God preached without it being demonstrated. 
See, the kingdom of God's not a matter of talk, it's a matter of power. You can't preach about the kingdom and then not demonstrate it. Otherwise, it's not a full message on the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God, you preach it, you're preaching, hey, the king's dominion's here. It says that in Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied, he said, when Jesus comes on the scene to the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. His government is the kingdom and it's just increasing. Ever since he came onto the scene, the government of God, to the, it shall be no end and of peace. So peace and the government of God, the kingdom of God is increasing since Jesus has stepped onto the scene. So anybody who says it's getting, the, the world's going to hell in a handbag, you say, no, it's not. It's getting better. I don't, it's like, what news are you listening to, man? Like everywhere I look, God's just healing. Like out in the boondocks, like out in the sticks, like nobody's heard of. I just got to go to Fort St. John and like God's pouring out his spirit and people are getting healed all over the place. Like everywhere I go, I just got done going to Ohio and God's just healing people everywhere. And the the armpit of the United States is what they call Springfield, Ohio. Like God's just healing people. Guys are being activated to do the work of ministry. Had a guy that just comes. He's like, yeah, I led 13 people to the Lord yesterday. Like, come on. Like this is like this guy, this guy, this guy didn't even, he was scared of his own shadow, man. And he led 13 people to the Lord. Like, because the presence of God is moving everywhere in the world. Like people are getting healed. People are getting saved. More people are being saved every day added to the kingdom than any other time in history of the world. There's like 7 billion people on the planet right now. And millions and millions of people are being saved. To the increase of his government, there is no end. It's just true. And see, part of, I, I love, it was even said earlier, part of the kingdom of God is this, like, I learned about the kingdom of God through Jesus and him, him teaching us how to pray. He said, the disciples asked him how to pray, and he said, pray this way. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Do you get that? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. A lot of people struggle with the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, if it's the will of God. No, Jesus actually told us what the will of God is. In the prayer. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God is simple. On earth as it is in heaven. How many people know there's no pain in heaven? If you don't know what heaven looks like, open your Bible to the book of Revelations. There is no pain. There is no tears. There's light all the time. No depression. No anxiety. No poverty. So if you realize that, everywhere you go, you're like, hey, that's not, that doesn't look like heaven. Christ in me, that's the kingdom. Jesus said this, many people will say the kingdom of God's over here, or it's over here. I tell you, surely the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God's inside of you. It's right here. It's the king's dominion. He, he, he dominates your heart. He dominates on the inside. He, he rules and reigns on the inside. And so the kingdom of God's within you, and everywhere you go, you release it. You were a walking encounter. Do you realize that? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means everywhere you go, Holy Spirit goes. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a walking encounter. 
You're a walking divine appointment. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, that's the great mystery, right? Do you, do you know who you are? Do you realize who you are? Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are a walking encounter. Christ is inside of you. It's just a matter of how, how, how yielded are you to the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the key. As many who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. So will, will we be led? That's, that's the question. Will you be led? Will you be led? See, Jesus said this in John 16. He said, it's to your advantage that I go to the Father because if I go to the Father, then I'll send you the helper. Think about that for a minute. It's to your advantage that I go to the Father. This is Jesus Christ talking to the disciples that have seen him do so many miracles that they can't even be logged in all the books in the whole world. And he's saying it's to your advantage. He's talking to the sons of thunder, the same guys who walk through a town of Samaria, and because they don't host them, they don't invite them into their house, they're like, hey, do you want us to call down fire and brimstone on that town? Like Elisha? Like, see, they read their Bibles, right? Hey, it's in the Bible. Like Elisha, like, how many people... Do you know that go around using the Bible to judge people? It's not meant for that. Jesus said this. Jesus said this. He said, no, no, no. You don't know what spirit you're of. For the Son of Man didn't come to kill man's life, but to save man's life. How many people, like, when you, when you, when you listen to that and you read that, you're like, man... It's a good thing Jesus was around. There would have been a lot of dead Samaritans. Like, it was to their advantage that Jesus was with them, right? I was thinking about that. I'm like, one great thing about that is that they actually believed that they could call down fire and brimstone. I mean, as stupid as, of an idea as that was, the great thing is that they actually had enough faith to actually think about that. I can call, they didn't say, Jesus, will you call down the fire? No, they said, do you want us to call down fire and brimstone on that place like Elijah? Like they understood their authority, but a lot of people abuse the authority that they understand because they don't understand the spirit that they're of. See, the Son of Man came to save men's life, not to destroy men's life. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation, not the ministry of judgment. The ministry of reconciliation means not counting their trespasses against them, which is Romans 8. Mercy. It's your ministry. Why do you even want the ministry of judgment? It's not fun. If judgment's fun to you, there's, there's a problem. You get the ministry of re- reconciliation. Wow. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. So, Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're of. It was to their advantage. They listened to him. They listened to him. You're like, of course they did. I'm not going to ignore Jesus, Richie. That's that's ludicrous. They're not going to ignore Jesus. He told them not to do it. They didn't do it. Let me tell you something, though. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go to the Father, because if I go to the Father, I'll send to you the Holy Spirit. 
the Lord has been speaking to me. He says, everywhere you go, I want you to tell them, start taking advantage of their advantage. What's their advantage? It's to your advantage at the Holy Spirit. Your advantage is the Holy Spirit. Even more so than like Christ being here in the flesh. He said, to your advantage, I'll send you the helper. You say, Richie, it's ludicrous to think that they would have ignored Jesus when he told them not to do it. But I want to ask you a question. How often have you ignored the Holy Spirit when he's told you to do something? How, many, how often have you ignored your advantage? See, it's only an advantage if we are obedient, right? It was only their advantage that Jesus warned, like, corrected them because they actually listened to him. And see, this is the thing. As many who are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. And that's what we got to be. It's the kingdom of God's inside of us. So let's start taking advantage of our advantage. And so while I'm sitting down here worshiping to this amazingly anointed worship leader, how blessed are you guys? Just amazing, man. What, what talent. What talent. Wow, what songs that God's giving you. What sounds is God giving you? Like God's actually graced you to capture the sounds of revival, the sounds of the move of God. And, and I, I'm, a, I'm a student of revival and there, and there was a sound to every different move of God. And I felt like God's showing me like that he's not only giving you lyrics, but he's actually giving you the sounds. Like there's a certain sound of the move of God that's going to happen in this place, that's happening in this place. There's the certain sounds like frequencies from heaven. like And in those frequencies, people are going to be healed. Like, it sounds out there. I'm telling you the truth. Like, there's certain frequencies within sound that scientists are figuring out are actually healing. Like, scientists are doing these studies and they're like, wow, this particular frequency has is, 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 got healing nature to it. That's just God. You know, it's interesting. I'm in Ohio about a year ago. And I'm, I'm in this prayer room right before the service. I'm sitting in this chair. This chair was in the Jack Coe tent. You know, I don't know if you know him. Any, any students of Revival, you would probably know him. But Jack, Jack Coe, I think is his name. Big, huge miracles, amazing things. And this chair was in that tent and in uh, Schombach's tents and all these different revivalist tent meetings where, where God was moving in power and people were being saved. This chair was in there and I'm sitting in this chair and I, I don't know, this might sound weird to some people, but if, if a piece of cloth can contain anointing, I don't know, I just got faith that even the chair can contain something. So I'm sitting in this chair like, it's a mystery to me, and, and I'm praying, and as I'm praying, all of a sudden this, like, this word comes into my mind, and it's endometriosis, and I'm like, man, that sounds like a dinosaur name or something, like, I don't even, I, and the Lord's like, I want to heal somebody of endometriosis, and I'm like, oh man, I don't even know if that's a disease or not, like, I'm just going to go for this thing, because the Holy Spirit said it, but I... I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a doctor doesn't come to me at the end of the service and be like, yeah, that's not even a disease, son. Like, 
But I'm just going to go for this thing. So I, like, I'm, like, God gave me a bunch of other words of knowledge. He healed somebody, like, like, breast cancer and all these, like, deafness in ears. People were getting gloriously healed all over the place. And I almost forgot about the endometriosis. I don't know if it was on purpose or, or what, but right before I got ready to speak, I didn't just, I just didn't feel the grace to speak. Like, I was just like, oh man, I can't go yet. And the Lord's like, yeah, remember the endometriosis? I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Oh yeah, God, God, I felt like God said he's healing somebody in this room of endometriosis. And as soon as I said it, there's a lady over here in the corner and she goes, ah! like, ah! like, as soon as I said the word and she's like, during worship, I felt like God told me he was healing me of endometriosis. I have it. And it was during worship. And I just thought it was me because I want to be healed so bad. But when you said that, like, I just, I feel the power of God and and I'm like, oh, praise God. God healed you already. Nobody even has to pray for you. It gets a couple people go over there and just lay hands and thank God for what he's doing. And uh, I get a call back from my buddy that invited me into Ohio about, you know, a couple months later or something like that. And he's like, you remember that lady? Oh, by the way, endometriosis is, in fact, a disease. It's, a, it's some kind of condition that really makes it hard for women to get pregnant. It's like webbing or some kind of webbing, or just makes it really hard for women to get pregnant. Uh, and this woman had been wanting to get pregnant for like really long time, like volunteering in the children's ministry. It's like the main thing she wanted to do. And for years and years and years, she couldn't get pregnant. And then boom. And one morning during worship, nobody even prayed for her. God's like, I'm healing you of endometriosis. Two months later, I get a call back and she's pregnant. How cool is that? So all that to say, like, God is healing people during worship. Like, that's going to be something that follows your ministry. And, and so I just encourage you, when you're sitting under this mighty man of God's ministry, just begin to check out your bodies. Just like, hey, I had this pain. Let me just check it out. Let's see if I can do something I couldn't do before. So right now, if you came in here with pain, nobody's prayed for you yet. I just want you to get up. And test that thing out and see if you're healed. If anybody came in here with pain in any place in your body right now, just get up and test it out. If you can test it out when you're sitting, just test it out. And if you've been healed during worship, I just want you to wave at me. I felt like God told me he was healing a couple people during worship. Come on, right here. Right here, stay standing. What were you healed of? Neck was bothering her. And she got healed during worship. Come on. That's just amazing. Anybody else? Just start checking out your body right now. God's healing people all over the room right now. Nobody even has to pray for you. It's just his presence. It's just his presence. See, the kingdom of God's not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Apostle Paul said, I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words, but I came to you in demonstration of power. Check your body out. I feel like there's a couple people. You're healed. Anybody else, just wave your hand at me. Sometimes people get healed in the checking of it out. It's just true. It's like, man, I don't think that could happen to me. And this kind of sounds weird, but everybody stand up. Everybody. That way it makes it less awkward. Everybody stand up. Now nobody knows. I mean, people are always afraid. They don't want to be singled out, you know, like... 
Nobody knows now. Just kind of move around. Check it out. Come on. <laughs> Jesus, I just thank you right now for healing that you're here. You get all the glory for this. Come on, just wave your hand at me if you feel like there's a difference in your body. You had pain in your body. Come on, right over here. Cool. Cool. Anybody else? You've been healed. Come on, right here. Healed. Come on, he's checking something out down there. Something down in his knee has been healed. Cool. Anybody else? Wave at me right now if you've been healed. There's another one right here. Healed. See, during worship. Just during worship. Anybody else? Check it out. Wave at me. Cool. Jesus. I got an unusual amount, like I usually get words of knowledge and stuff like during worship, but I got an unusual amount of, of things that I felt like God told me. So I'm just going to read them off really fast. And at the end of it, I'm going to ask if any of those conditions are you, raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Nobody's going to embarrass you. You don't have to act like you're healed if you haven't been healed. We want authenticity. Please don't attack this person every time you see them. Like, that's not going to happen. We're not going to make a spectacle of you or anything like that. Like, we want authenticity. But the thing is, Mark in, in Mark chapter 16, Jesus says this. And these signs... Let's just read it. I, I'm just going to go ahead and read it right now. And these signs will follow those who believe. Who will they follow? What's the qualifier? Believe. Believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Does it say these signs will follow the apostles? No. Does it say these signs will follow the prophets? No. Does it say these signs will follow the leaders? No. It says these signs will follow who? Those who believe. So the qualifier is those who believe. Do you believe? That's the question. Do you believe? Right now, I just released just the grace that's on my life to believe. If you need an impartation right now, it's available. I just re released the grace that's on my life to believe God for the impossible because Jesus, you said. See, they said, that this person came to Jesus and said, if you can, can you? Can you? Can you heal? Jesus said, if you can. He, he asked her a question. It's like, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. I, I declare that right now. This is the word of Jesus. Jesus said that I don't speak on my own authority, but everything that I hear from the Father I speak. So with me repeating what he's speak, repeating, I'm actually just declaring the word of the everlasting God, the same God who said, let there be light, and there was light. He, he spoke everything that there was into existence, except for man, he formed man, but spoke it. This same God, the word of God, made man, manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. He said, this is what he said. He said, everything is possible to the one who believes. I declare that over you. Everything, not some things, everything is possible to the one who believes. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So this is the qualifier. If you believe, you're the ministry team. Is that all right? 
Here's the little ground rules. Somebody lets you pray for them, you ask them, can I put my hands on you? If they say no, you honor that. Is that okay? Everybody agree for that? You ask them, what is your condition? If you're giving a condition, don't tell them how bad it is, how long you've had it, how big and huge it is. It's a little problem, a big God. Remember, everything is possible to the one who believes. So you ask them, what is your problem? In as little words as possible, tell them what the problem is. Okay? Then you speak to that problem and command it to be healed. No begging God as if you have more compassion than he does. He wants to move. He wants to heal them. He actually died that they they would be healed. He died that there would always be enough. He wants to heal them more than you do. Remember, his will is on earth as it is in heaven. We don't have that block in there anymore. See, because if you don't believe that his will is on earth as it is in heaven, then when you're praying for somebody, you're always kind of conflicted in your mind of, if it's God's will. But James, the problem with that is James says, when you pray, pray believing. But don't let the person that asks and doesn't believe expect to receive anything from God because that person's double-minded like a wave of the sea. You see, how many people know if you don't know what the will of God is, then you're double-minded because you're like, uh, it might be God's will, it might not be God's will, and you're kind of double-minded, right? We already know what his will is. Let's just enforce it. You're an ambassador of heaven. In heaven, remember, there is no sickness, there is no disease. You're an ambassador, meaning you come to represent that world. You're like, hey, this is what the kingdom looks like. It's as simple as that. So pray a simple prayer. On earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. And then, test it out. They don't get breakthrough at first, just say, is it even a little bit better? Don't lie if it's not. If it's a little bit better, though, even a little bit better, say that. Because that's really good news. You know why? It's really great news. And the reason for that is he always completes a good work that he begins. So even the smallest little breakthrough, if the pain's at a 10 and it goes to a nine and a half, that, that little half means he's began the work and he's faithful and just to finish it to the end. And it might be a healing. It might take a little while. It might be a miracle, but we're going to press in for the miracles tonight. A miracle is like right now, boom, it happens. It's like right now. And that's what we're pressing in for. But I, I want to give you a clue. Thankfulness increases things. So when you're thankful for that half, it just makes room for more. So, I mean, celebrate like they got healed absolutely, like, completely. Like somebody just got out of a wheelchair for that little half thing. Just, oh, God, thank you so much. You're so good. Thank you for allowing me to witness heaven manifest. Thank you for allowing me to partner with you. What an honor. Just thank him until it, until it lands on your heart. Like, don't just do it, like, because you've been told to do it. But just... Just, just thank him, activate self-control. See, 
Self-control is I can control myself to be thankful. That's the fruit of the Spirit. To activate self-control and be thankful until you're legitimately thankful from the heart. And watch it increase. People are going to be healed all over this room tonight. Not because of anything other than because Christ paid for their healing. God, we ask, I just ask that as people get healed all over this room, I just thank you that we get to witness you get your full reward. We get to witness you get what you paid for. Thank you, God. Come on. I'm going to release just a bunch of words of knowledge, but if if your condition is not in any of the words of knowledge, you can still be healed. All right? I'm just going to release the words of knowledge because sometimes that just increases faith for your healing. Sometimes it's just like God's mercy towards us. (laughs) It's just true. All right. I shared a testimony about endometriosis. And that word is prophetic. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That means whatever I testify of is prophetic to your life. He's no respecter of, of, of anybody. So I, I testify. He did it then. He'll do it again. Actually, if you break down the word testimony in the Hebrew, it actually means do again. Do again. So that's prophetic. It's the spirit of prophecy. You heard a testimony about endometriosis being healed. If you have that, it's prophetic. Receive it for yourself. God's going to heal somebody of endometriosis or multiple people of that. Carpal tunnel. If you have carpal tunnel, today's your day of freedom. Right wrist. I don't know if it's related to the carpal tunnel or not. Right wrist. If you have a right wrist condition, you're going to be healed. Vertebrae, right below the neck. So right, if, if I was to dip my neck down right below that, the vertebrae right there. God's just going to heal somebody of that. Scoliosis. If you have any problems with the scoliosis, uh, thinning of the stomach lining. If that's a condition that makes sense to you, there's a thinning of the stomach lining. God's going to heal somebody of that. Check that out. Popping in the left ear. I felt like I had just had this popping in my left ear. So annoying. And I felt like there's pain. I don't know if this is the same person as the popping, but I felt like I just felt like God wants to heal somebody of pain behind the ear. Like somebody got punched one time behind your ear and it you're still experiencing the effects of that punch if that's you god wants to heal you of that condition to do with the jaw i don't know what that is i don't know if it's the same person that got punched in the ear if they got punched in the jaw too i don't know but it's something to do with the jaw condition to do with the jaw lower back in the muscle area on the right side. So I felt it like kind of in the muscle area right beside my spine, lower back on the, on the right side. If it's on the left side, you can go ahead and receive that too. Sometimes I get it wrong. It reminds me it's not about me. It's just true. I like getting words of knowledge wrong. It just reminds me it's not about me. It's really fun. Right elbow, tennis elbow. If you have tennis elbow... Ligaments damaged in the elbow, especially in the right elbow. Chronic bleeding noses. Like if you have a like chronic 
bloody noses. Like you just get bloody noses really easily, whatever the case may be. I don't know what it is, but it's just annoying. I just always get bloody noses. How many people know there's no bloody noses in heaven? He cares about you not getting bloody noses anymore. Chronic bloody noses. Sore throats. Anybody has a sore throat? That's over. What you tolerate dominates. I don't tolerate colds. You know why? Because colds aren't in heaven. What you tolerate dominates. I just believe for divine health. I want heaven on earth. It doesn't mean I never get colds. But when I do it, it's not legal. It's not legal. It's not supposed to happen. And you know what? I didn't get sick for seven years. Seven years. I went for, I had a seven year long streak. I didn't even get a cold, nothing. Sick for seven years. That's, how about that? Just release that testimony to you. How many people would like that? Everybody else is like kind of getting the flu and you're like, no, don't touch me. Hey, you want this grace on my life? I don't get flus. It's just true. I just walk around and tell everybody. If people are sick all around me, like, yeah, don't give me a hug. And I'm like, oh, I don't, don't worry about it. I don't get sick. John G. Lake, they put a, they put a deadly disease on his hand and under a microscope. And as soon as the, this deadly disease touched his hand, it began to die under the microscope. You know why? The presence of God, it can't live in the presence of God. It can't live there. It's just true. Floating rib. I don't even know if this is a real condition or not, but floating rib on the right side. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's like, I just felt like there's like this floating rib on the right side. If, if, uh, I don't even, I don't know. I'm just stepping out there. That makes sense to you. Stiffness in the neck. I felt like an accident caused this. Somebody got healed of stiffness in the neck or something, right? Already. That's pretty cool. You too? Just test it out right now. It's good. Teal. Already. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> that was easy. I felt like stiffness in the neck as well, like a, like maybe an accident, car accident, something like that too. That makes sense to you. And then breast cancer. I hate breast cancer. I hate breast cancer. Cancer of any kind. If you have cancer of any kind. Especially, I just can't stand breast cancer. So, if that's you, any of those, any of those is you, just wave your hand. Right there. Make sure you have somebody get around that woman. She has faith to be healed. If you want to experience a miracle, if you want to be a part of that, get around her. She's going to be healed. Put your hand up if any of those conditions were you and leave them up. Leave it up. Any of those conditions, leave them up. High up in the air. Put both your hands in the air if you have to. Okay. If you're standing around somebody with their hand up, Keep your hand up until you have people praying for you. You're the ministry team. Yeah. As they're praying, if you don't mind just releasing that sound, that'd be good.
if you get healed and you have the courage to do so, and you actually might be the catalyst, if you have the courage to come up here, you might be the catalyst for somebody else getting healed. If you get healed, just make your way up to the front. Just make your way right up to the front if you get healed. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Did you get a did you get healed yet? You fell over in the presence. Boom. Come on. How you feel right now? Is the pain gone? Wow. Wow. Wow, this woman here had cancer in her body, and she's been dealing with really chronic pain, and it's 80% gone. You guys didn't celebrate enough for that. This lady had chronic pain, and it's 80% gone. It was caused by cancer. Come on. Wow. God, thank you that you began a good work. And you're faithful to finish it to the end. Right now, I just say, finish it. Just finish it. Anybody else up here because you've been healed already? Yeah, what was it? Come on, healed. He got hit by a C train, and uh, he's he's been healed. How cool is that? Yeah, walking in that. Would you pray for your sister here? Since you see how many people, don't you know? If you've been healed, you got a lot of faith for other people's healing.
just true. So, you, so ask her what her condition is and then pray for her. Cool, I got a really cool testimony. Really cool testimony. How about that? Yeah, just share what you just share with me. Hey, so um, about a month ago, I got in a car accident, and in November, I was in another car accident. So my back was really messed up, um, and I've been claiming my healing every day. Uh, this morning, I was at the chiropractor, and he said, The vertebrae in your neck, I just can't get that one to get aligned. Um, so as he was saying that, I was like, hey, that's me. Then he's talking about pain on the right side. Hey, that's me. Stiffness in the neck. Hey, that's me. So all these things that God just in a moment healed, and I'm so thankful. Oh, yeah. So um, when he came up and started talking about healing, then I just thought, oh, I, I know this. I'm claiming it. Every day I'm claim, claiming my healing and what's it going to take. And so, yeah, just um, just want to encourage you guys if you're in that place of like feeling like how many times do I have to pray for this? That just, you know, your healing is here tonight. Come on. That's a good reminder because when I was down here, I love that testimony because she's like, Oh man, he's talking about healing again. I've got prayer like a hundred thousand times and I, nothing ever happens and I don't want to get prayer again. Like I've just been getting prayed for again and again. And then boom, tonight she's healed. It's just like, it's just like the lady with endometriosis. I've been getting prayer and praying prayer for years and years and years and then boom, in a moment, tonight's tonight. I, I just release hope. Hope. Not like earthly hope, like the hope that like, some people are familiar with that's more like wishy-washy optimism like uh i hope edmonton makes the playoffs next year but there's like no real guarantee of that like that's not the hope i'm talking about i'm talking about heavenly hope heavenly hope is like i'm assured of good i'm assured of good i have what i hope for it's gonna happen I release that right now. Hope. Hope. That people who've lost hope would receive hope. Yeah. How many people you've been healed already tonight? You've experienced some kind of physical. Look at all these people. Wow. Hands are going up all over the whole room. And you know what? The speaker didn't even pray for anybody. What do you know? It's the saints doing the work of ministry. It's the everyday believer doing the work of ministry. This is like the place where we get to practice. We get to practice in here for out there. Come on. See, because I just believe like it's not going to be the one man show. It's going to be like what God's doing right now. It's going to be like 
the everyday saint, like the person afraid of their own shadow, gets 13 people saved in a day. It's going to be like little old you, messed up old you, the one that still kind of struggles with certain things every now and then. It's just going to step out because it's Christ in you. And take risk, and God, and you're going to see mighty exploits happen through your life. Just because it's Christ in you. It's not about you. That's the thing. You need to, you need to, need to, it's not about you. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good he was, how good he is. You can do these things, not because you're perfect, but because he's perfect. And because he makes you perfect by faith in him. See, that's the gospel. That's the good news. The gospel is that Christ died and reconciled all humanity to himself. It's just a matter of, do you believe? Do you believe? Simple. Only believe. Wow. Some people, they're still getting prayer, and I just encourage you, continue to pray. Continue to get prayer. God, thank you so much for the miracles that have happened all over this room. You guys, some of, like, I just, I don't know, sometimes, especially in charismatic circles, and it's almost becoming like healings are happening and people are just like becoming familiar with them to the point where they're just not thankful, and that's really dangerous. Like, Activate self-control until true thankfulness arises in your heart. Like, I'm talking about somebody who got in a car accident and has been dealing with chronic pain in her neck and in her hip. And then in a moment, she gets healed. Right in front of you. The kingdom of God is here and now. Like, people are being healed. I have people raising their hands all over the place, being healed. Like a lot of it happened right in front of you. Do you realize the magnitude of that? Thankfulness always paves the way for increase. Do you want to see an increase of these things? Do you want to be known in Edmonton? Hey, my unbelieving friend's dad has cancer. They only gave him a couple months to live. We just got to give him to, to resurgence. We hear that we hear that people are being healed of cancer and resurgence. Do you guys want that? Hey, my friend got in a car accident. He's paralyzed from the waist down. Hopeless situation. We just heard of somebody get out of a wheelchair at resurgence. Let's take him to resurgence. Maybe I think God will heal him in resurgence. Do you guys want that? Can you dream? Can you see that? Thankfulness for the little ones. Thankfulness for the headaches being healed paves the way for these great notifiable miracles to happen. Are you thankful for just the, the tennis elbow being healed? Are you thankful for the, the bloody nose being healed? Thankfulness. So it's really important. This next thing I'm going to just encourage you to do this is really important if you've been healed tonight email resurgence i'm sure they have some kind of contact on the web page or something phone or email or contact resurgence 
Info at liveresurgence.com. Info at liveresurgence.com. Email your testimony. And then what will, what, what you can create is this like arsenal of ammunition. Remember, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the more testimonies I have, the more ammunition I have. Oh, you, you, you got pain in your vertebrae in your neck? Oh, let's bring up that testimony of what's her name. Let me tell you about that. So it's really important. Email it. And then, and then focus on what God does do, not on what he's not doing. Cause there, there might be, like, I'm looking for the day, like, it says of Jesus when people came, he's, it says, and he healed them all. Everybody say all. And he healed them all. I'm, I can't wait for the day that I go into a meeting and every person who stands up that needs healing is healed. Every person. But that's not my reality right now. But I can't wait. I'm dreaming of that reality. But we need to be faithful with being thankful for the, just the small little breakthroughs. Yeah. You might not have been healed tonight because, like I say, in a lot, lot, a lot of my meetings, like not everybody gets healed. If that's you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you. Do not focus on what did not happen. Don't focus on that. Focus on what did happen. Focus on the people. Celebrate somebody else's breakthrough. And then their breakthrough becomes your breakthrough. Their victory becomes your victory. See, that, that's, that's the way that jealousy gets defeated. If you're jealous of somebody, serve that person. Serve them. Serve them and try to make, not just serve them and try to make them look like a genius. Like, serve them, serve them, serve them if you're jealous of them because then every victory that they get becomes your victory. The same thing happens with healing. Like, celebrate other people's healing. It's just true. Wow. Wow. Come on, we just had a healing service. Had this other, uh, what time do we usually end? Is it, does it have an end date time? Okay. Yeah, if you guys want to sit down, you can sit down. And I, I just like the plan. We could just keep playing. It's just cool. Unless your fingers are tired or something like that. Cool. Wow. Um, I don't know how much I'll speak tonight, but there is one thing that I have to do. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people in here, you can sense a bit of joy and faith on me today, but um, one, one thing that you might not know is, is I'm, I'm a really broken man today. I've been broken for a couple days. Broken. My heart is shattered today. 
like mourning deeply. And some people are like, Richie, well, how can you really be mourning deeply as you say that you are? How can you really have a shattered heart and yet still not still be happy? Jesus said this, he said in the, in the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. If you break that, if you look at that word blessed in the Greek, one of the interpretation, one of the definitions of that actually means happy. So let's just replace blessed with happy. Happy is he who mourns for they shall be comforted. You're like, what? Happy and mourning can be happy. You can be happy and mourning. Yeah, you can. If you've you've experienced death in your life, I want you to think back to that time. Think back to that time. And you probably remember after that person dying, sitting around the table with with the loved ones, people that knew them well, and sharing stories about their life. And, And more than likely... There are these times of, of laughter, like you're crying and then you're laughing. You're like, you remember that, man? You remember that moment that that person did that? And you're laughing. Who, who can identify with that? It's this weird thing. I'm, I'm really broken, but I'm, I'm happy. Remembering the gift that that person was to us. Celebrating them. And see, I'm broken because I have a really close friend and... Calgary, some of you might know him. His name's Tim Mason. Tim and Devin Mason, and they have three beautiful kids. And their youngest kid, who's youngest baby girl, his name is Sparrow. Um, barely one years old. And uh, she had a, an accident. She had an accident a couple days ago. And... Um, in the house, in the home, and had something strike her in the head and cracked her skull. And uh, got rushed to the hospital and um, rushed to emergency surgery. And uh, I found out, like, she's fighting for her life. And I texted Tim, and I'm like, Tim, I love you, man. I'm praying for you. And he, and he texted me back. This is the last time I heard from him. And he texted me, texted me back, and he said, she's fighting for her life. I'm, I'm scared, bro. And that started this, like, as soon as I heard that, I'm scared, bro. Like, this compassion, like, is not of this world. Like, it's, it's, it's totally, it's this compassion that comes from heaven just, cut, just consumed my heart. And I couldn't eat. I could barely sleep. And I'm just, like, praying. Not begging God, because he, he wants to heal her, but just praying. Praying. Being persistent like the widow. Just praying. Believing for a miracle. Doctors, doctors said, yeah, she's not going to live two hours. Well, she lived two hours. Well, she's not going to live past the night. Well, she did. She made it through the night. And we're believing. Prophetic words coming by. I get this prophetic word, God sparing sparrow. Like, I'm declaring that life and death is in the power of the tongue. I declare life. Not only me, but this is a whole church family because if you know Tim Mason, he's been a son of First Assembly Church for years and years and years. He'd be like banning Leipzig to Bethel, like son of the house. 
thousands of people praying, thousands of people within First Assembly just praying, believing for this miracle. And, and then this morning she passed away. At 6.15 this morning, she passed away, and, and we're mourning. We're sad, and we don't understand. Just last year, we had a similar situation in First Assembly. Baby was, I mean, holes all in every organ, like, just was born deformed that way. The doctor said, no way, she's on life support. There's no way she's going to live, even if she does live, uh, will be a vegetable. Parents said, you don't get the final say. They began to pray. Took the baby off life support. She, it's either a she or he, he, I can't remember. But they, they lived. Not only did they live, but they're, they're healthy. They're 100% healthy today. Lived. Come on. Awesome. But then today, Sparrow died. It's this tension of, it's this tension of Mystery. It's a mystery. And mystery can even either lead you to offense, can lead you to unbelief, where you change what you believe about God to what your experience is, or you can refuse to change what you believe about God, that He's good all the time, that His will is on earth as it is in heaven. And you can seek to change your experience to line up with what the scriptures say. Had to get, you know, we had a special guest speaker come in. I, I didn't even want to speak. Like, how can I go down to resurgence? I, I didn't even want to speak. I didn't, I, I'm like, Lance, I might just give you your check and fly you home. Like, I'm, I'm a broken man. I don't even know how to communicate. I don't even know what to say. I, I have a two-year-old little girl. I can't even imagine the pain that Tim's going through. So I'm standing before my people. I just know God doesn't want me to do that. And I'm standing before my people this morning, and Lance is there, and I don't know what I'm going to say when I get up there. And, and God's just faithful. He just comes on, his presence just comes on me and he gives me the words to speak. He reminds me of a story. And I want to share that story with you. Because if this culture, with, as Travis was praying earlier, if you're going to embrace the deep, the wide, you're going to embrace the culture of miracles. Like, sometimes it's not going to go the way that you, it, you think it should. Sometimes it's not going to go as planned. And you need to be okay with saying, I don't know. I don't need to come up with a reason why. That's how bad theology gets started. Because people have exalted their understanding above the word of God. Sometimes you just, you're not going to understand. He's wonderful. Wonderful. I wonder Beyond your understanding. If you're going to embrace a miraculous culture, you also have to embrace with that mystery. And that I don't know. And when in doubt, worship. When you don't know what to do, worship. Because worship brings back the right perspective. 
And then you begin to see whatever your situation is through the lens of the goodness of God. Because worship draws your head back up and you begin to perceive who God really is. You're good. You're good. You're good. I don't understand this, but you're good. You are good, God. You are good. You are good. That's all I need to know is that you are good. And because you're good, I believe your word when you say that you work all things out for good for those who love you or are called to your purposes. Now that I've worshipped and I'm worshipping, I'm beginning to believe the goodness of your word. I'm beginning to believe your promises. When in doubt, worship. When you don't know what to do, just worship. And I share this story. I don't know what to say. God reminds me of this encounter that I have with, with, this is one of my best friends. His name is Joel Weaver. He lives in Chico, California. He stood right beside my brother on my wedding. Uh, if I didn't have a biological brother, he probably would have stood right beside me. But I just love Joel. He's like one of my best friends. We, we grew in the Lord together. We experienced some incredible things together really close friend of mine. We're in, we're in basic leadership school in YWAM. And uh, we both were leading small groups at separate sides of this base. It's in Chico. It's a real big acreage. And he's on one side. I'm on the other side leading a small group. And we're sharing a, a room, a dorm room together. He, I sleep on the top bunk. He sleeps on the bottom bunk. And, and uh, so we go to our small groups. And I come back from my small group. And I walk into the room and there's Joel, and he's got his hands up in the air, and he's crying, like, just crying, crazy. It's not everywhere, just ugly cry, right? You guys know that cry. It's like, and your face is all contoured. He's crying. He's got his hands up. He's crying like that uncontrollably, and he's saying, what I, what I didn't know is that when... Um, he went to a small group. He got a call to that to the house that he was in, and it was the youth pastor. See, see him and his him and his mom. Joel Joel's story is that when he was two years old, his uh, dad committed suicide, shot himself, committed suicide, and it was just him and his mom left there because his mom was a hippie and moved from Boston to California. Met his dad, and uh, so she'd run away from her old family. She, does doesn't enter any relationship with any of them. So it's just the three of them. And then her, his dad shot himself. And so then it's just Joel and mom. So he grew up and his mom was his best friend. They partied together. They were together. Like they, they grew together, laughed together, had great sense of humor together, like really special relationship. Joel got invited to a youth group. He got saved in the youth group. He came home. He led his mom to the Lord. So they both got born again together. They both got baptized in the Holy Spirit together. They He'd come home from school and they'd read the Bible together in the mornings. Like they were just, were best friends. It's just Joel's relationship with his mom. Amazing. Amazing. I just, I love that. I love that about him. Anyway, he goes, uh, goes to a small group, gets a call from the youth pastor back home. And he says, Joel, sad news for you. I don't know how to say this, but your mom passed away today. Suddenly. No warning. Talked to her the day before. Just a regular conversation. Nothing special said or anything. Just 
Next day, he just died. So Joel leaves, like people that were in the small group, I tell me, like, he just leaves, tears in his eyes, and the next person that sees him is me. I walk through the door in our room, unknowing of what's going on, and there's Joel, hands up in the air, crying, and saying this word, saying these, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You are good. And he's crying, and he just lost his mama. You are good. You are good, God. You are good. When you don't know what to do, worship. Worship. And he went through a time, man. I mean, he didn't get in. He didn't get the. He didn't get answers or anything like that. He said, "All I know is I'm in pain, and you heal my pain. You heal my pain, and you're good." Wow. So, all that to say, I want to pray for Tim and Devin. Travis told Tim, texted him, said we'd pray for him. There's no way I was going to come here and, and, and minister with a bunch of believers and a bunch of revivalists and a bunch of people who love God and that I wasn't going to on a day like today, ask you guys to join me in prayer. So I'd just like you to go and get in groups of three to four, join hands, begin to identify with the heart of God for them, and just begin to pray. Is that okay? Just go get in groups of three to four, find some people, join hands, and just begin to pray for Tim and Devin, and then I'll... Yeah. Pray for Tim and Devin and pray for their kids too. One of them's name is Pace. I can't remember his son's name. Do you know? Anyway.
So God, we just thank you. Thank you for hope. Thank you for defeating death. Thank you that there's a hope of resurrection. Thank you that Sparrow only ever got to experience the joy of being loved and taken care of and comforted as a one-year-old. And now she gets to experience heaven for all of eternity. God, I just thank you that you work all things out for good for those who love you and are called into your purposes. I thank you that you comfort and make happy the one that mourns. I thank you that you're near to the brokenhearted, that you're close to the brokenhearted, that you're close to Tim and to Devin, that you're close to the family, that you're close to our church family, that you're near to us. I thank you. That it is finished. That you have won. And I thank you for your promise that you work all things out for good for those who love you and are called into your purposes. All things. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you guys just keep them in your prayers and in your thoughts. And um, that'd be great. And we can be, we can be, uh, we can be happy. We still can be joyful and mourn at the same time and be brokenhearted. You can, you can carry that and we can focus on what God is doing and we can focus on his goodness and we can focus on his, on his power and his glory. See, we live from heaven. We live from victory, not for it. Remember that. We live from victory, not for it. To him who has, more will be given. And to him who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So Jesus said, it's one of those like scriptures that make a whole lot of sense, but it does like, He couldn't take something away from them if they didn't have it. They always had it. They just were acting like they didn't have it. That's what he's saying. So what, Richie, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm just saying, to him who has, more will be given. Act like you have it all because you do have it all. Don't be the person that buries their talent in the ground because their dad is a wicked person. Their master's a wicked one, and they, they just wanted to give back what they get. Don't be that person. Celebrate what he's doing. Act as if you have it all because you do have it all, but never lose the hunger. It's like this tension. It's like the kingdom's full of those tensions all the time. My last word before, I'm, I think I'm going to be done, if that's all right. Um, Other thing I just, I I felt like to bring when I was praying is just to say that love looks like something. Love looks like something. Love is the catalyst for for resurgence. Love. And love, 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 love is just not some like fuzzy emotion. It's more than that. Love is active. Love is. Looks like something. For instance, 
Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave. Love gives. Love is generous. The most generous person I know is God the Father. He gave the most lavish gift ever given. God so loved the world that he gave. We, they took up an offering tonight. We give offerings not because we have to, but because we get to be like our dad. We get to. We don't have to. We get to. We get to be generous like our dad. Love looks like something. I share this last testimony and then we're done. Had a guy named Richard Miranda. He was 16 years old. And uh, loved Richard Miranda. I was, I was leading this kind of like small group, kind of like a mini DTS, mini discipleship training school for just a summer for like six, 15 to like 18 year olds. And Richard's 16. I was reading his application. He's coming to the school before he got there. And my heart was just attached to him right away. And Richard, Richard grew up in this really broken family. Uh, his dad was always in and out of jails, drug addict. His mom was a drug addict. Mom was addicted to heroin. And, um, he, he, he'd share stories like he'd go in, he'd go into uh, his house and like, because his grandparents were kind of well off for his aunt and uncle and they would like send him like Playstations and stuff like that. He, he could put, maybe play it for a day, come home from school and it'd be sold, you know, for drugs and come home, there'd be like a, a, a half a Coca-Cola in the fridge. Like he would actually steal from 7-Eleven to eat, not because he wanted to steal, just to eat. It's in- incredible to think somebody living in California has to steal to eat, you know? At that time, California had, like, the number three economy in the whole world, and here's a young kid stealing to eat, you know? But this is his life, you know, and and one day he comes home, and his mom is, like, ODing on the bed, you know? She's shaking, needle out of her arm, all that kind of stuff, and and, uh, he begins to cry, you know? Calls the cops, cops save his mom's life or the, the uh, medics do. And, but he begins to cry, and his, his brothers were in these gangs, like this really notorious gangs in California, and they came home, they seen him crying. He, couldn't, he just couldn't stop crying. Well, they just beat, they beat him to a pulp. They just beat him up. They beat him up because they were like, men don't cry. Don't, us ever, don't, don't let us ever see you crying again. I mean, they didn't just like beat, they beat him up. And so Richard developed this like, mechanism to stop himself from crying if he felt like he was going to cry and I can remember like he came to the school and and we connected right away he loved football I love football we just connected right away and I can remember the Holy Spirit would begin to move in our midst like worship would be going on and people would be crying some people would be laughing and Richard would be in the back going <clears throat> doing this thing and I'm like man that's a weird that's kind of a weird manifestation I've seen some I've seen some manifestations. That's, that's kind of, and he'd be like, doing that kind of thing, like making that noise. And I'm like, one night I, I was kind of hanging with him. I'm like, Richard, how come when the Holy Spirit comes, you do that? Can you help that? And he's like, oh, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's just me stopping crying. That's, that's what I do to stop my cry, stop my tears from coming down. And then he told me that story. And long story short, Richard gets just beautifully healed in his heart presence of god comes he's just like what every time the, like he's like the he's like the cry baby like in a good way 
He's like so tenderhearted. If the presence of God comes, he just cries. Boom, boom, boom. Just cries every time. Just beautiful, right? And we get really close. Like Richard's the type of person that like he just leads. And because he got set free, he was so on fire for God. Like he was leading the whole school and the realms it would have never gone to because he like forgiven much, set free much, and he just loved much, and he was just taking everybody with him until like the last two weeks of the school. And then it was like the lights, like, it was just like lights went off, and and he was a different person within like a night, overnight. Woke up the next morning, like, and he was just like the worst student, the worst person, like, he was touching the girls in inappropriate places. He was like, running out after curfew, like, time and time again, I would, hey, what's going on, man? Like, what are you doing this stuff for? Like, oh, I'll I'll stop doing it. Like, 10 minutes later, you go out and do the same exact thing you just got in trouble for. And it got to the point where he was actually, like, we're two weeks till the end of the school, and, like, we should be kind of, like, climbing still. And, And instead, everybody's being pulled down to, like, worse than when they got there because... Richard's kind of pulling him down and it's breaking my heart. And I'm like, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to send Richard home. This is like my favorite, like, it's like my, like I've made covenant with him, like kind of thing. And I don't have to send him home. I'm, he's breaking my heart. And, and so finally I, I go to the leader. Thank God for Nix. She's this woman who's leading the whole thing. I'm like, Nix, I got to send Richard home. She's like, no, 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 no. Let's just give him another chance. Isn't that the, the, the heart of the father? Just another chance. It's like the accusers like, hey, let's, let's, hey, they did it again. Like, God's, just another chance. Seven times, 77 times. Yeah, let's give him another chance. He's merciful. He's gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in mercy. That's his nature. That's who he is. That's the ways of God. The ways of God is that he's merciful and he's gracious. He's slow to anchor and abounding in mercy. That's who he is. One more chance. So we go to the dorm where Richard is, and I'm like, Richard, why are you doing this, man? You're breaking my heart. I love you. And as soon as I said those three words, I love you, he exploded on me. Like, just, I don't even know what love is. You say you love me. You say, God loves me. You say, you love each other. What? I don't even know what love is. And as quick as he exploded on me, the presence of God comes on me. And I just as quick came back, and I didn't even know what I was saying. It was like, the just like God just put me on in the glove. I didn't even know what I was saying. I'm like, Richard, there's a gun right here. One of, one of your brother's gang buddies says, Richard, it's either it's either me or you. You get the choice. They can kill me, or they can kill you, Richard. Who's it going to be? You get the choice. He says, Rich, because my name's Richie too. He says, Rich, I'll take the bullet. I take the bullet for you. I said, Richard, you just love me. You just love me. You do know what love is. You just love me. And see, that's, that's what love is. Love looks like something. Jesus said it this way, no greater love has a man had than he would lay down his life for his friends. 
Love looks like you laying down your life for the people around you. Lay down your life. Love looks like laying down your life, giving up your life for the people around you. And when you do that, you abide in God. You abide in him and you bear fruit. All the miracles that we talked about that we're doing right now, evangelism, is just the overflow of you abiding. It's the overflow of you loving. See, John 15 says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you will bear fruit. If you do not, you will not bear fruit. You'll dry up. If you feel dry in your faith, it's because you're not abiding. And I used to think like abiding was just like sitting in the secret place and just, you know, worshiping and stuff like that. I think that's part of it. But if you read further along in John 15, he says, if you do my commandments, then you will abide in me. Just like I do my father's commandments and I abide in him. This is what I command you to do. Love one another as I have loved you. How did he love you? He laid down his life for you. If you do that, if you love me, then you'll do what I command you to do. So abide, he says, if you do my commandments, then you'll abide in me. Just like I do my father's commandments and abide in him. Just like he was saying, I and you, they and me, us together, unity. That whole thing, right? It happens in this, this circle of love. Abiding is actually active. It means I'm loving. And when you love... When you lay down your life, remember, it's not just this emotion. When you love, you actually are abiding in Christ. And you'll just, you'll bear fruit everywhere you go. Love will activate resurgence. Bless you. I think I'm done. Thank you, Richie, and uh, we just honor you for coming, and uh, I know today has been a tough day, and so we just, we uh, just pray for your, uh, your church, Imagine Church. Why don't we just stretch a hand out to Richie, I know it's getting late, and God, we pray for the city of Calgary. We pray for unity in the province. And here's an ambassador from Calgary tonight sharing the heart of heaven to us. But God, we pray now for his city. We pray for revival in Calgary. 
We pray for Imagine Church. We pray this is a new season. We pray, thank you for his faithfulness and, and his endurance through the tough times. We, we thank you for him and his wife and what they've gone through in his lead team. And Father, I pray right now that they are stepping into a new season. There is a new hour. There's a new day. There is that, that even deep and wide, that there's a width that's going to come and there's growth that's going to come in an exponential way. Father, we call forth salvation. We call forth healings. We call forth meetings where they will meet and there will be such an overflow of the Spirit of God. We call forth um, finances to come and resources and buildings and opportunity. Father, I thank you that you've called him and you are faithful to provide. And so we just pray an encouragement to his spirit, an encouragement to his church. And we pray revival in the city of Calgary, revival in the city of Calgary. Thank you for your manservant to come tonight. God, give him traveling mercies on his way home tomorrow and be with his people as they receive uh, ministry this weekend. Be with First Assembly tomorrow as, as they deal with the loss of Sparrow. Let your compassion and comfort be with the people of Calgary. God, we thank you for an amazing night. We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that the call that Richie gave, that you gave to him to give to us tonight. <laughs> I pray that the words will not just be going one ear and out the other, but we will go home with that on our heart. We will go home with that on our mind. And God, you will make them come to pass in our lives, that we would be love to the people around us, that love would look like something on Monday morning when the alarm clock goes off and we have to go to work. God, you would reveal how your love is supposed to look. We thank you for the healings. We thank you for the miracles tonight. And we thank you that it's just the beginning. For every work that started, we ask you to finish it in Jesus' name. Where it's felt a bit better, or there's been heat, or there's been this, or there's been that. But God, we thank you that it's just not there. It's all the way. We thank you for completion of your word. Thank you. Thank you for what you're going to do. God, we're excited. It's a new season, and we just embrace that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for coming to Resurgence. And uh, again, we're just going to hang out in the lobby. Great to get to know you. And... Uh, Thank you, Andrew, for playing and and uh, your fingers as well. And uh, have an awesome night. Get to know somebody you don't know. God bless.